Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Spresinski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 44 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is the president of the Global Poker Index and Hendon Mob, Eric Denis an absolute treasure trove of trivia as relates to everything about stats and numbers in the poker world. Eric leads the equivalent of poker's Elias Sports Bureau. He also proudly presides over our industry's annual award ceremony and is just one of the nicest and most pleasant people you'll ever meet. Today, we'll get to know him a little better. Eric, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Robbie, you'll get a love letter from my mom. You pronounced my last name correctly. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's so good to see you again and to speak with you. How you been? It's been a while, right? It's been a while. Last time I saw you, you were on screen accepting an award. So it's oh, been that goodness. long. So <laughs> It has been, I've been a while. It has I've been, been okay. I, I will admit that in the last three weeks, um, my wife has seen me on the laptop in the bed at 9 p.m. It's been a while since that happened. So we're busy. We're busy. We actually had, you know, last week the guys had told me that we have, we're backlogged in tickets. And I was like, that's amazing. You know, so yeah. they were upset, but I was excited. So it really does look like things are slowly but surely get back to normal. And schedule wise, it looks like a lot of events are coming down the pipe. And the busier the poker world is, the busier, the happier we are because that's what we do. So for sure, oh, that's Excited. absolutely wonderful. We're definitely going to get into you know the whole pandemic period for you guys and pivoting in and out and stuff. But let's start at the beginning. Who who is Eric Denis? I mean, I know <laughs> I know your interest in poker and card games started as a kid up in Canada. Yeah. So why don't you tell us sort of about those days and, and card playing back you know with with the family. Yeah, in French Canada, it is uh, pretty much was, it's not anymore, but was tradition Saturday nights or, uh, you know, hockey night in Canada or la soirée de hockey uh, for our, our, us French people. And uh, everyone would come over. I remember I used to, we used to have a house where uh, me and my family were on the top level and my grandparents were on uh, the bottom level. And every Saturday, my grandma would put on a feast and the uncles and, you know, both sides of the family would come over. I mean, we had a very close knit family, uh, both sides together. And then undoubtedly cards would be pulled. And uh, I first learned cribbage. These guys were playing games that, you know, even to this day, uh, they're playing, they play a game called 500, which I don't know if it's just a French Canadian game or if it's, there's always variants of a lot of stuff. And to this day, they're experts at that game and they cheat so well, you know, they, they just, you know, the smooth cheating where you're like, wait a minute, now I get what's going on. Right. So, you know, they're great at that. But cribbage was always, you know, when I was young and then you know, my grandfather and I would play, my father and I would play and with some of my friends. So definitely if you would ask me what you know, card game I would get into uh, as a profession, if I was a child, I would have said cribbage. And in high school, I actually came out with uh, cribbage stats as part of a, a math project and my wow. teacher was blown away and was like, you're really wasting your time here. There's no future in this <laughs> <laughs> in the statistical format, but uh, it actually helped our play. Uh, my buddy uh, Al and I, uh, up until maybe 10 years ago, we always used to play, you know, uh, retirement homes. We'd, we'd be invited to play their cribbage tournaments, Knights of Columbus in, in Canada. There's a lot of cribbage wow. there. And we were like the young, the young studs, you know, it was funny right. to, to be like 38 years old and be called a young, a young guy. So I know that we would very use, well. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's how I feel when I'm playing stud high low at the Orleans, you know, exactly. 
the exact same situation. Uh, but those stats actually helped us. Crib, you know, cribbage percentage, and especially was a stat that we looked at very carefully. So it actually did improve our game. So maybe I'll come out with super system of cribbage. <laughs> maybe seven people will buy the book. So, so that's you know, that. long-winded answer, but that's how I got to my start in, in, in cards. Uh-huh. Uh, one day I was watching a show featuring uh, Patrick Bruel, or right. Patrick Bruel, Bruel, and he was on a French-Canadian show, which was a big, the Johnny Carson type of show uh-huh. in French Canada. And he had said he had just come back from the World Series of Poker. And I was like, I've heard of this. And Bruel was always playing there all the time. And Bruel was one of my idols uh, growing up. So, right. you know, I really caught an interest in the World Series then. This would have been probably in the early 90s, you know, so a long time ago. Okay. And then, uh, you know, when you, and then our TSN, which is our version of ESPN, right. started showing the World Series from the ESPN feed and uh, probably late 90s. And that's when I really, really, really got involved in poker. And uh, funny enough, our, our group still, even to this day, we still usually don't play No Limit Hold'em. There was a time there we would. Uh, but, you know, it's it's always the classic games, you know, some stud and some, you know, some draw games and, you know, games that we probably invented but already exist. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I always have a story where I thought I invented Open Face Chinese and then I was at the 2002 <laughs> World Series, I think, and I, I saw Phil Helmuth play with another man and I'm like, what are you guys playing? And then they said, this is Open Face Chinese. I was like, well, I invented that game oh a God. year ago, apparently. So, yeah, so, uh, you know. Friend, I, my friends were crushed. We used to call it moose where we were from. So, uh, of uh, course. Yes, of course. From, yeah, moose, moose That's from right. Canada. A lot of moose. And, and you so still you sort go. of playing this home game today with your buddies once in a while? Whenever I'm back, and I hope to be back in Canada uh, in the next uh, maybe 90 days, uh, uh-huh. you know, 120 days, uh, some restrictions have lifted in Canada. Uh, so I haven't been able to go back. Uh, uh, I haven't seen my family since last year's award. So that's wow. 16 months now. And my uh, goddaughter I haven't seen in two years. So, mm. and, and Robbie, uh, you have young you know, children. She was yeah. five the last time I saw her. She's seven now. She's a, a human now. Like she has yeah. thoughts, she has feelings, emotions. She can articulate. So I've missed a lot of that. So oh. FaceTime just doesn't do it justice. So hopefully in that trip, yes, I will get to uh, to play with the boys and, and yeah. to go back to our game. Uh, you know, we, we even have guys that don't play poker in our group uh, that play poker just because of us. So they'll just play just for fun. And right. uh, I can tell you that uh, I can't tell you who's won any of our tournaments because it doesn't matter we just it's all about the camaraderie and making memories yeah if someone still wants to play when we're three-handed we're like yeah come in let's go okay you know so very cool so there's bragging rights for six minutes (laughs) you talked about you know card playing you talked about when you were in high school maybe thinking that's the direction you were going to go in but i know you studied in college you studied radio broadcasting so did you kind of have ambitions to become a professional in that field at some point my dream was to become a public address announcer at, oh. uh, in a hockey rink or, or anywhere else. And I used to do that. I actually did that for my local junior team. And funny mm-hmm. enough, I used to be the DJ and the announcer when I was, I think I started at 12 or 13. And I ended up being the general manager and president of that hockey club, uh-huh. uh, you, know, you know, 20 years later. So wow. it's a club that, you know, is very important to our community. So, you know, that was cool. But yeah, that was my dream. Paul Morris, uh, Claude Mouton, who used to do the announcing at the Montreal Forum. Uh, that was my dream. So that's why I went into radio. Radio was changing a lot when I was in college. Uh, we were still using reels, but a lot of people in a lot of bigger cities were using, you know, digital. So, right. you know, I was behind the, the eight ball in that. Um, it also uh, would have, um, you know, a lot of apprenticeship, apprenticeship, apprenticeship. Yes. 
something like that. Apprenticeship, yeah. <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I had to deal with going outside of my hometown. And uh -huh. I wasn't ready to, to leave for such a long time at that point. I love my friends, love my hometown. Funny enough to hear that from a guy that now lives in Las Vegas. But uh, back we'll then, talk about that too. Sure. Right. <laughs> but back then, you know, leaving the leaving the house was not something that I was interested in. So, huh. you know, I didn't uh, pursue it. You know, you're 18, 19, 20. You need to make money. So yeah. I started working in an uh, audio store. I would sell VCRs and, you know, sound systems. That was my big, uh, my big uh, expertise level there. Did you know how to get the blinking 12 to stop? That was a big oh, sure. thing. Okay. Do you know that that was part of our business? People would come to our store. No if kidding. They bought the, the radio from us, especially in the cars. So in the cars, they would come and bring their car and we would set it up for them. So wow. you know, when those car audios got really digital uh, after a little while. <laughs> and um, yeah, through that, I was working. Uh, we had a Ticketmaster hub mm -hmm. in our store. And that's how I got it uh, involved with Ticketmaster for over 14 years. I think I was there. Wow. I swear yeah. I'm still young, Robbie, but I was at places for a long periods of time. <laughs> Do you have any funny or interesting stories about Ticketmaster or it's just, you know, clock in nine to five kind of job? Or was there anything interesting that happened over your years there? Yeah, I, I eventually became uh, a call center, contact center manager because we had emails and stuff. But my first day at Ticketmaster, uh, we had Celine Dion tickets on sale. And as you could probably imagine, in a French Canadian area, that is, yeah. you know, the, the, the queen, right? She is yeah, our sure. queen. She, she remains our queen uh, to this day. Um, and it was the start. It was the first event that we put online. And and people tend to forget that, you know, online ticketing has only been around for maybe 20 years. Yeah, right. And as you can imagine, Robbie, the whole thing crashed. Like, <laughs> the whole thing crashed. <laughs> on so your we, first day on the job. On my first day. Now, oh my that God. part didn't have to do with me, but, you know, we're in a smaller town. I mean, it was in Ottawa at that point, so it wasn't, mm -hmm. but it wasn't Toronto or it wasn't New York City where we had mega call centers. Sure. Uh, so you had to do whatever you had to do. So my job was to literally buy tickets. So basically print tickets in the back and buy tickets in order to make sure that once the queue unfroze, uh -huh. that we'd have stuff. So we'd have to call. It was just a light oh nightmare. But it was like that for, for a few years. And then maybe five years after that, people were basically just buying online. So uh -huh. it took a while to for the fine tuning. But yeah, those first few times were, were amazing. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes you'd have all nighters where you're just working all night during an on sale. Wow. And but the greatest, those were the greatest. Whenever the stress was the highest was the time that I loved the most. Oh, just because, okay. you know, you just lose your mind and you just mm -hmm. tell everyone just let's let's just have fun with it, you know? Right. And, and in a sense, that, that proves true till today in your current right. job as well. Same attitude. Yeah, because this industry is a little nuts too. So Yeah, <laughs> definitely 24-7 yeah. as well. You just have to forge on. Yeah, something I always tell my team, just you know, we relax. It's, it's yeah. yes, you know, something happens. All right, it sucks. Mm -hmm. I might yell at you, but two seconds later, we're fine. You know, we're good right. to go, so. Right. Yeah. So you've, you've always been like a numbers and a stats guy. So what is it that you find so interesting about number crunching. And, and I'm kind of wondering, you know, did that manifest itself in your life in, in, in other ways beyond like just professionally and the stuff you went into, but, you know, being into numbers, has that, you know, been something interesting came of that in your life? I mean, my love for, for numbers, I remember first hearing about what an ERA was and not mm -hmm. understanding it and, you know, going through and figuring out what the ERA was and then basically doing that for every single baseball stat. Oh, wow. I had this com computer that didn't have a memory. So basically I had to type stuff in, but it wouldn't huh. save what I had. So then I'd have to you know write it all down. So uh -huh. 
I, I'm sure it does, Robbie. I'm sure, you know, I get obsessed with checking if I'm, you know, going anywhere for business. I'm obsessed with checking, you know, even when I'm not, I'm looking at prices and thinking, okay, why is this so, why is this high right now? So a right. lot of that stuff I get obsessed with, but I'm sure that a lot more numbers come into mind. Um, I sadly have that memory that has like numbers in the brain where, uh -huh. you know, someone will say something. I'm, oh, that was January 16th, right? Yep. And they're like, why do you remember that? I, right. I sadly, I'd rather not. I'd rather that. <laughs> I'd rather have another memory. You know, the older you get, you start. I remember turning 40 and going, all right, I actually, you know, I used to self proclaim, I probably know, you know, when it comes to stats, the most in poker. And I'm like, right. I don't, I don't anymore. Like, mm. you know, my memory's rough now. You know, I'll, I'll have to. There's, there's also so much more to again. remember. Right. That's yeah. true. <laughs> But it takes me a little longer. You know, usually it's not like, you know, who won the Borgata in 2004? Like, I don't know. But then you'll give me a hint. I'm like, all right, so it's this and that and this right. and that. So a lot of puzzle. I'm like, oh, so it was, I I, I can't tell you. I don't know. Alan Gearing. Let's, let's okay. see, but probably not. <laughs> Good guess. Good yeah, guess. we'll see. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll test that ever so slightly a little bit later. Hashtag oh. foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> okay, I thought one you'd appreciate. Um you said you really started getting into card games, really started getting into poker. Did you want, did you ever see yourself sort of as a, you know, wanting to be a professional player or, you know, I want to get involved somehow, work in it, be in the industry. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively tiny industry and especially in the 1990s when you're watching it in, you know, on TV in Canada, it was, you know, minuscule. So like, what, how did you sort of see yourself fitting into something poker related? Yeah, I always had, uh, you know, I always loved, you know, reporting and and all that stuff. But also, there was still a love for broadcasting. And mm -hmm. uh, when uh, when Joe Seabox started his little uh, venture uh, at Poker Road, or you know, in all that's, you know, what isn't what the names were before then, right? Uh, that really, really piqued my curiosity, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted uh -huh. to. Do, I had started discovering podcasts. I don't even know if they were called podcasts back then when they were doing it, but that's when I started figuring out anyone can do this and you know anyone can have a voice and you know I, just, I figured that out way before I, I should have been as smart as these tiktokers who are you know making millions just doing a dance you know I should have thought it thought, <laughs> thought of that uh but you know but that's what they you know I assume uh maybe they just like to dance and suddenly people look at them but right. I assume that's what they understand and I think the younger generation understands this anyone can do something and if it's right. interesting people are going to listen and even if it's not you know, just have fun doing it. Even if five people watch, listen to your podcast, that's amazing. You know, those are five people. And if someone's in Europe listening, if you're in, in Canada, that's cool. So it was really that, that really was the thing. I wanted to do podcasting and poker and I wanted to get involved, but I also loved and still do obviously, uh, you know, races and player of the years, and all that stuff. So I'd started my own website and that's where I started. Uh, but, you know, it got to a point where it was, you know, I would work a 50 hour job and then 30 to 40 hours doing this. So I know the feeling. Uh, was a lot yeah. Of, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a crazy amount of work, but I loved it. You know, awesome. I just loved collecting, you know, all the data. Yes. I guess back then I used to take my data from the hand of So I guess I have to be uh, honest about that, but uh, I, guess <laughs> I run the joint now so I can be, I can excuse myself, but exactly. you know, Things were different then, but I always I would always get excited to see how many points is this guy going to get. And, right. You know, when I really got into it, it was a Sorel Mitzi Thomas Marchese race. They were winning mm. every single tournament, and every tournament they were playing, there was changes. So who got in, involved there? Uh, then you know, Jeff Walsh at Quad Jacks uh, reached out to me and said, "Hey, I love your website. Let's get you on once a week on my show and let's talk uh, 
talk about poker rankings and right. what's upcoming on in the poker world. And I'm like, yeah, that's what, exactly what I want to do. So, that's so cool. I, my spot was at 12, 15 AM every Thursday. So, and I <laughs> have to go, I had to be in work at 6 AM at that point. So there was no sleeping between Thursday and Friday, but that's always the day where it's fine. If you don't sleep, right. You're always excited right. for the weekend. So casual Friday. And, and, and you know, if right. you're, if you love what you're doing, you don't care what time it is. So. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. And you've been had your own uh, little podcast poker, eh? The, the Canada poker show. That's right. That's right. Yeah. My buddy Evie Hero is a big uh, online player back in Canada. And yeah, we got, um, I think there's, uh, I looked and I think it might have been nine years ago that I interviewed Chrissy B. So uh-huh. that wow, was, that it was goes that first. far back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think I checked that. I think our 10th anniversary is coming up either this year or early next year. So I'm going to have to check that, but I'm going to have to have Chrissy B on uh, one of my uh, oldest friends in poker. But uh, yeah, that was great. I mean, through that, we got to uh, to interview legends like uh, Greg Mueller and uh, Gavin Smith. I mean, right. as you know, if I was such a fan of Poker Road, I mean, having Gavin Smith on, I remember crying my eyes out before just being so nervous. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's hilarious when you think about it, being nervous for Gavin Smith, who's just a great human being and just sure. loves life. You know, he's not going to give you a hard time, but mm-hmm. you know, I would get, I would get more nervous then than I do now, but uh, you know, I got really nervous for, for every time I would do uh, poker a, but um, yeah, that was great. I, I miss that. I really miss my start in poker because it was just the best. Uh, you didn't have, you know, no one is poker a, it's not like we're, trying to reach a million, you know, millions right. of people, you know, we're just doing a fun <laughs> show. And if people listen to great, if not, we don't really care. Um, you know, I had some wild interactions with Matthew Marafiati back then. Uh-huh, One sure. wild interview in particular, where I don't think he was uh, all himself, but mm. you know, we got to, to keep touch after that for a long time. And, you know, I'm the kind of guy, I don't like to, to, to beat on people when they're down. So, you know, we've had many a long discussions, you know, me mm-hmm. trying to help him out. And sadly, I don't Beautiful. know where Matt is and, mm-hmm. and what's up with him. I hope he's uh, you know alive and well, right. uh, but you know, he's had some, some rough moments, but you know, those moments were cool to be on a podcast and then be on the phone with a guy until 3am just saying, Hey, right. you know, life is cool. You know, this is great. And, you know, also trying to make sure you're not exploiting. Cause I felt that at some point, cause he was on, he would want to come on. And I was like, now I feel bad that it's almost, you know, I'm trying to, you know, make him say something that's going to be, you know, bad and then get him right. in trouble. And I, I didn't want that. I had enough. My, I think my third show, uh, we had a lawsuit on our hands. So oh. it's a long time ago Yikes. involving, wow. uh, okay. involving full tilt poker of, of things. Right. An organization in Montreal that was doing a charity poker tournament and suddenly the funds went away. So, huh. so that company sued us. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So, and full tilt did well. Full tilt did cover did uh, cover right. back then for those people. But you know, so full, just so you know, to be clear, full tilt did not sue me. But uh, <laughs> but that was weird. You know, being I'm like I work at an electrical company. I'm a purchaser. And I'm getting sued by right, right. by a company. I guess what is this work. poker world? Right? Yeah, what's going on? It's it's good to have fun memories of those of those early days, and also kind of yeah. helps you remember. You know, where did I come from to reach the point that I'm at right now? Um, exactly. of, of course, shout out to Chrissy B, Kristen Bicknell, uh, who appeared here on the Card Chat Podcast episode number 37. Always good to give a shout out to the older episodes. we got dozens of them, guys. Go ahead and listen. And uh, you can also watch it on YouTube right after you finish this show, if you haven't already. Um, so, Eric, you know, of course, you're the president of the GPI Hand and Mob. You didn't start out as the president. How did you start out working for, for the wonderful organization we all know and love? 
it was weird. It was my old friend, uh, Marco Valero, Valerio, and, uh, you know, he was working with, with Alex uh, in the project when Alex Dreyfus had purchased uh, the GPI uh-huh. and said, uh, you know, I have this guy, Eric, and I'm sure he'd be great, a great asset for you. And that? funny enough, uh, my mom, who's a financial advisor, she's a banker, or I guess a retired banker and financial advisor. I went to her one day and I said, um, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to try this. I want to make a go of this. I want to gamble and, and, and try to, to make it work in poker. And I was not as a sure, player, right? Not as a player, not as a right. player. No, no, definitely in, in the media. I didn't know exactly at that point what I wanted to do, but right. you know, if someone would have given me a job I was in. So, uh, so on a, on a, I think a Thursday, I had a meeting with her and she said, yeah, you should do it. And I was shocked. I was probably mid early thirties. I don't remember exactly how old I was. She said, you should do it. And the Friday night, uh, Friday night, my time, because I know Alex never sleeps. Uh, I just get a friend request from him and he says, do you want, can you chat? I'm like, can we go on Skype? I'm like, yes. And he offered me a job. So I was unemployed for literally 24 hours or less oh than 24 goodness. hours. And wow. I wasn't even unemployed. I hadn't given my two weeks notice yet. So my goodness. I ended up giving three weeks notice and, you know, just people were like, what, where, why, why are you leaving? You're doing what? Like, you know, and my first job was to run, not run, but to, I guess, run the, uh, be the editor for the fantasy poker manager uh, stuff. So my first thing I got to do was talk to Jake Cody about his lineup and, nice. and all those things and made my own lineup where I picked Vanessa Russo who went mm-hmm. deep and Tim Riley, who was, you know, out of nowhere pro that uh, mm-hmm. no one knew. And he went really deep in Deauville. So, and you, you had know, to kind was, of craft this role because it didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, we didn't know any of us didn't know what we're doing like hmm. with the fantasy manager stuff. You know, it just came out and it was, you know, people really loved it at first and that was great. Uh, but we didn't exactly know what was going on. And we knew, uh, you know, the way it was built, you know, for me, because, uh, you know, for me, fantasy, the football manager is not a thing for me. So for me as an, a North American, I knew that in North America, I don't know if this is going to work. And unfortunately, we were trying to change things, but it just commanded so much effort and so much, you know, resources and all that stuff. So right. we, you know, abandoned the project. But by that point, I'd already, you know, gone up in the company uh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty quickly. We're very small and very few people in there. So whatever we could do to help uh, was what we were doing. So basically, although my job was fantasy poker manager, editor, um, I never really, I, to be fair, I think I've never signed a contract since with the company. So I think technically I'm still the fantasy poker. Manager. <laughs> I'm still required to to prove to to come up with three articles a week. Uh-huh. What uh, my job is. That's all there. Well, shout out, shout out to Alex Dreyfus. That's uh, right, yeah. <laughs> no longer in poker, but definitely someone who poker has a, a fond place in his heart and obviously uh, continues to, you know, make sure that the GPI hand and mob operates. So uh, that's, that's, that's a right. good thing. Right. Um, those who are listening can't see you've got this Las Vegas background in, in you know, yes. behind you. Um, you are a proud Canadian, but you're kind of the, a fish out of water in Las Vegas. And I, I think you also had a bit of a stint in Malta. Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. Um, what is, is the job? What prompted your move from Canada? Yeah, I mean, the Malta thing was just, we were doing the GPL. So, uh, uh-huh. so I never really became a Malta resident, but I was there. Basically I was there six months less a day because that's what yeah. Canada allows you to do. So, uh-huh. uh, so I would do like three month chunks basically uh-huh. uh, for a few years there. Um, and just, you know, Alex likes, 
Alex likes to have, it's funny because things are changing so much in the position he is now at Socios where the company is so big yeah. that they have employees everywhere now. But back then, Alex really liked his small team to be in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know, the best Alex was was during the World Series uh, when he was here with me and Ophélie, uh, with Ophélie and I, uh, Ophélie Lafuge, who also was a major part of the company for long, for the longest time, and the three of us would spend hours together just you know brainstorming and coming up with ideas. And I think that's where Alex shines the best is in a group setting. But people have to be there. Uh, he likes to, you know to make sure everyone is touched and to touch everyone. So mm. you know. I guess I shouldn't say it that way now nowadays, but you know what I mean. Like, I do. <laughs> God, I hit my brain's like, you shouldn't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. But you know I, what I mean. So yeah, I do. And I remember seeing you guys. You had there was a GPI booth in the, right. the hallways once upon a time. The three of you were there. It's uh, you know there was definitely a, a major presence, and you know of course everyone knows who you are, who you are, who the organization is. Yeah, and I think it was either eight or nine years this summer. So I guess in May. Uh, would have been our eighth or ninth year here wow. uh, at the Rio if we'd still had done that. So yeah, the first booth was it's eight or nine years ago. I forget now. Uh, but my arriving in, in Vegas, um, Alex wanted me to either move to Malta or Vegas. Um, but I was, I was, I was saying no a lot. Uh, yeah. But then I met my wife and I said, uh, yes, I will go right away. So, uh, so not, if not for that, I don't know if I'd be in Vegas. I really like where I'm from. And I like that, you know, everyone, even if they've gone away from my hometown, everyone's back. Uh, so I do miss that, that I'm the only guy from the group, you know, from since we're three years old, that's not there, which mm-hmm. makes it fun too. When you come back, it's just great times right. and you just love being with them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I met my wife and we got married a year and a half ish after we met. And then I became a Vegas uh, resident and, Wonderful. you know, got my, my, my green card now and and your golden knights tickets you did go right. hand in hand <laughs> and fourth of july is the day i can apply for my citizenship so hey congratulations to, very nice dual citizen i want to have those two passports beautiful people ask me are, are you gonna have to renege, renege on your canadian passport and i said then I, I wouldn't do it if that's the case i will never lose my canadian passport because right. that's to me is it, it's it's what it is right it is you know to me, if I lose that, then I'm no longer Canadian, and sure. that would never work out for me. I think that follows in the footsteps of a certain Mr. Negreanu, who did the same thing as well. You know, exactly, also still Canadian and American as well. That's right. And me, I'm not Canadian, but you know, Israeli right. American, same thing. You just gotta, you gotta do both. Yeah, we'll send you a Canadian passport, Robbie. You Thank you. I, I'm sure there's like a big <laughs> smiley face on it because you guys are also friendly. You know, Eric, I said, no, everyone knows the hand and mob. Everyone, you know, is involved. Of course, like, you always, it's like a, it's like a part of the poker vernacular. Oh, just yeah. check up his hand and mob stat. Check it, you know, the, what are the GPI rank? Everyone knows. Poker is still kind of like um, a niche, a little bit of a small industry. So, of course, there's, there's that camaraderie within the industry. We all know each other, you know, say hi to each other, that sort of thing. And of course, you know, in a good way, there's also plenty of friendly competition among both the poker rooms, you know, whether they're live and the online operators as well. As well. Uh, Hand and Mob GPI, you guys are in a very unique and special position because you work with everyone and it's amazing. And I think that's that's really wonderful. I'm wondering, has it ever sort of been, you know, for lack of a better term, a challenge to kind of sort of stay neutral or, or maybe like has that has... Have you guys ever sort of been put in a, a position where you have to take sides or something like that? Because um, it's it's not necessarily always so easy to just work with everybody. Yeah, I don't think I can't think of a situation where we were you know you know 
we were our backs were against the wall and we had to make a decision that would, mm-hmm. you know, please one and not please the other. Mm-hmm. What we, we do end up having situations with, with clients or partners, as we love to call them with our partners that, you know, one will come up with something. We'd like to do this. That's actually a great idea, but they need to understand that we're then going to offer that to our other clients further down uh-huh. the line, um, you know, further down the line, but uh, not at, not right away because what happens is that then when that happens with one partner, the other partner says, Hey, why did you offer it to them? Or right. what's going on here? Like, no, we didn't actually, they came up with it, but you know, give us until usually with our major partners, we have year long deals and then we'll add that to their next, uh, to their next contract. Nice. Um, and to be fair, I think, you know, as, as much, you know, th- these guys, of course, all compete with each other. You know, we saw the recent news where GG became number one in, yeah. in the market and stars number two, um, you know, right. with us, uh, we, the people we deal with are great and they've never, they've never put us in situations where, you know, and, and to be honest, Robbie, we have made decisions. Um, you know, when someone comes up with an idea, even if it's a great idea, if it does affect our other partners, it could be with uh, page views or maybe they will, they will see their ads a little less because of this deal. We wouldn't do that. And that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, n- not to be all high and mighty. I don't want, don't want people to think that of us, but we do take that very seriously. Um, it's never, and it's not, I know that's one of your models as well, um, or I guess a modified version of your model, but it's not worth it to us to get $50,000 if it's going to piss off my cl- my partners that I've had exactly. for eight years. You know, if I ever piss off poker stars who are there for us in our, you know, biggest moments in need, you know, they've always been a great partner to us. They've always participated, in, you know, in, in major events with us. Uh, you know, if I would have been pissed at them because they decided no, to no longer sponsor the awards, right. well, then that, they, that would become an issue. Mm-hmm. That said, had another you know, another one of our partners stepped up and said, we want to, you know, sponsor the awards, then I wouldn't think twice about it. And if stars had an issue with that, then that would be something I'd have to deal with because mm. I wouldn't think that's fair. So right. I guess we just try to be fair, but again, we're, we're just, I think a lot of times, and I think that's used to happen during the poker boom that people would just not sell their souls. Cause that's a bit too much, but would take on some money knowing that the ramifications could be huge. And in, in my world, that's just, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, if the partner is a month old or the partner is seven years old, it's the same thing. You know, I want to take care of them both. Right. Um, and I mean, so it's just, it just, you know, in the word itself, you said it right when you started your answer here, it's not clients, they're partners. And right, you know, right. there's a certain way to treat a partner. And, you know, that's what I've yeah. personally always loved about what you guys do. And that I do think that the whole industry certainly respects that. And, you know, kudos to all of you guys for, you know, always being on the up and up and you know it's uh we're, we're lucky to have uh you know gpi thm in our industry in our industry and if i can add robbie we, we we're genuinely you know we have a, a yearly contract with the banco banco casino for example hmm. we're genuinely proud to have them as a partner it doesn't matter if their casino doesn't get the uh, you know, doesn't get the same fields that a online WCOOP event will get. Of right. course, it really doesn't matter. We actually find that to be even cooler. You know, yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, you know, if if most of the big, big, big boys and big girls deal with us, at a certain point, the others will feel the need to do it as well. So it's all, right. it's not like, you know, they'll have to do it. They, they have to work with us. They don't have to, but you know what I mean? Whereas sure. the Banco Casino could spend their money somewhere else. They could Correct. definitely spend... And they spend it with us and we appreciate that and we love them for it. So awesome. yeah, that's the new, and whenever we get new clients, we get excited about that and we try to take care of them as much as we take care of 
Right. Again, as I said, the, the bigger boys and girls. And at the end of the day, if you're getting new clients, that means the industry is growing. So that's a, a net good for great. everybody, you know? Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, I said we'd talk uh, a little bit about the pandemic. we got to do what we do in, in the poker felt as well. We'll switch gears a little. Um, you know, obviously, uh, as you had alluded to before, the pandemic, you know, when there's no live poker, there's no live poker results uh, to report. Um, and thankfully, blessedly, you know, we're really coming out of that dark period in most places around the developed world. Um, so I'm kind of wondering though, you know, to, to have weathered the storm to still be around, obviously, you know, 16 months later, how did you and your team pivot? We've done a few things. Uh, yeah, and it was bad for a while. And, and you mentioned Alex Dreyfus and the Media Rex that owns uh, GPI and Endemob. Uh, they were great to us in 2020. It was, you know, we were so proud in 2019 to actually turn the most minuscule of profits. And that's the goal here. The goal mm -hmm. is not to make, you know, the goal before used to be we want to make money. Uh, but now the goal is to make sure that my five, six people on my staff get paid and that we provide great service for everyone. And that's it. You know, and, and wow. that's the that's the, the mantra from uh, from the higher ups. And that's a gonna, huge it, thing. That's, that's not a, you know, just a by the way kind of statement. That's a huge thing that people ought to realize. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, it's just that it's impossible, Robbie. We we need to hire people. You know, people just think that you know websites just run by themselves, and you know just the database of just the, the the amount of events that we're getting from Korea now, for example. That's almost one of my guys doing that every day of the week. Wow! Uh, just with Korea, so you know, so we have to add more people. So the thought is that it's to provide a service. And you know, back in in the Alex days, you know, he had grander ideas because he was trying to make money, you know, that was right. his, you know, uh, you know, and we realized that that, you know, doesn't necessarily make sense for us. So as long as we can cover the bills, that's great. Uh, you know, if we can make a few more dollars so I can give to my staff, that's even better. Uh, you know, but we're, we're aware of that. But in 2020, obviously that was really a big struggle for mm -hmm. us. So, you know, we just try to challenge ourselves. Uh, one thing that we kept on hearing about were these big, online tournaments, the big ones, not, not, you know, not the regular, you know, day-to-day -day ones, right. but the big ones uh, where, you know, real names are known. Yes. And I know GG, GG and the WSOP were the first to really, or sorry, Party Poker actually was first. Correct. And then GG and WSOP uh, started publishing real names. So, you know, I reached out to Lance Bradley, the president and editor-in-chief at Pocket Fives, because we do have a great relationship with Pocket Fives. We still share a lot of our data on, on each site mm -hmm. and uh, try to get his, you know, wanted his blessing. I would not have done it if Pocket Fives would have said, no, you cannot add these things there. Mm -hmm. That'd be like us adding the World Series main event or right. you know, that'd be, you know, coming after the other's business. So, right. uh, you know, Lance was gracious and the whole team at Pocket Fives are great at working with us at first. And it's still Beautiful. not... 100%. We still, you know, it's still very day to day. Like, do we add this? Yes. Do we add that? No, that makes no sense. So mm. it's still not going to be a full time, you know, we're not, we're not in the business of online poker. It's not what we're not interested in it. It's not what we want to do. Uh, but we do agree that when you're looking at someone like Limitless, you know, it's good to see that he's got, you know, some major results live and online as well. So, you know, that's important to see as well. And at the same time, Robbie, it does. I mentioned partners. GG Poker is excited that they get to now see their names and their little logo even more on our website. So right. you know, that's important. Same for if stars ever want to start publishing real names, we'll do that for them as well as we do for party and, and all sure. that. So, you know, there's that too, is it, it, it did, the way we looked at it was that it benefits the players, it benefits our partners, and it benefits me right now that I can give some work to my, to my team. So right. that's important as well. 
And then the other thing we did was, um, I don't think this would have happened if Alex was still <laughs> at the top of the GPI, but as I've said before in this interview, my passion is radio broadcasting. It's, uh-huh. it's podcasting. So we decided to start a podcast network and, you know, I just didn't want it to be one podcast. And I knew that I had talented people and I didn't want it to be me just exclusively too, because it does, as you know, th- these take a lot of time. And I think you're a little obsessed like I am that, you know, it's not as as easy as checking someone hand, someone's tendon page. It's going in it and seeing what can I find in there that I can bring up so that the, the, the guests can go, wow, that's pretty cool that you would, you, know, you found that or. You wow, haven't said it yet, Eric. That. So that's right, that's right. <laughs> hopefully we'll have a nugget or two for you. That's right. We'll try. We'll try. We'll try. Um, but yeah, we so, want to create, you know, we're storytellers and we want to create interesting yeah. stories that folks, you know, Oh, I want to listen to this. This is, you know, they, they ask right. good questions. They get good answers. So. Right. They ask something and, you know, I've listened to Chrissy B seven times, but Robbie asked her two or three things that, even she didn't know, or she was like, wow, that's a great question. You know, <laughs> you, know you, you stopped me there. You know, I always get to get to say that I'm, I'm honored when Veronica Brill was on like, twice during the interview. She's like, man, you really do your homework. Like nice. you're, you're saying stuff that I said that I don't remember that I said, but I'll believe <laughs> you that I said it. So I sent her the link. So everything was fine. Um, so yeah, we started a podcast network and we just didn't want it to be just one show. We wanted to have a few different shows. And uh, at, when I told the boys that I was, you know, thinking about doing this was actually two years ago. So way before we started at our uh, yearly conference that we have, we have the whole team in November uh, goes to Malta every year. We have our summit and we talk about, you know, a lot of great ideas and such. And uh, going on the plane home, I thought of two things and actually still had Wi-Fi, So I was able to text the guys Uh right before. And the one thing was the trophy for uh, the player's choice where the players decided who the toughest opponent was uh-huh, that they played okay. uh, in 2019. That was a good and, you know, one. Everyone that loved one. that too. Yeah, because it's just a cool feature to, to put it on the players. You know, it's a bit like the NHL does it. And I know and that's always controversial that, wow, the players think that the best player isn't what the media thinks or the fans right. think. Right. It's kind of like what they did the first World Series where, you know, you can't vote for right. themselves after they jump, but they had to vote right. who was the best player of the series. That's right. Yeah. And for those who want to know, Stephen Chidwick won. So he was the, uh, what we asked the players is, who's your most difficult opponent? Uh-huh. Not who's the best. You know, I guess it could be the best as well, but the right. opponent you fear, the most feared opponent when you sit down and yeah. Stephen Chidwick won by a mile. So that's, that's a heck of a feather to put in one's cap also. It's to, a cool trophy. Yeah, it's a cool yeah. trophy to hold for sure. And uh-huh. then the, the second thing was a podcast on First Flags. And yep. that's actually not a new concept. I used to write an article on the Henna Mob oh. about seven, eight years ago where I would look, I would say, what is Mike McDonald's first flag? What is uh-huh. Daniel Negreanu's first flag? And it didn't work. And I had to stop it because, you know, Alex and I would always look at the numbers and say, no one's reading this, you know, <laughs> no one cares. I was like, all right, well, I'll stop doing this and I'll try to do something else. You know, I was tr- always trying to find something, you know, that we could get some readers on our site. So right. that's actually how it started. But then knowing that to hear the player tell the story, right. that makes more sense. And for there those that haven't, li- haven't uh, listened to it, uh, first flag is uh-huh. literally... As you know, it, as the name says, uh, we talk with our you know the best poker players in the world, and they let us know about their first flag experience, the first time they had a registered cash on the Hendo Mob. Yep. And some cool stuff, Robbie, that's coming from it is that you know we already knew that a Dominic Nietzsche, for example, likes to flag hunt, uh, but actually everyone does. Like a lot of people, you know, will go. Marie Konnikova says, "I want to go to Italy so I can get an Italian flag," and not necessarily to add to the flags. It's just I want that, I want an Italian flag on my profile. Yeah, that's cool to me. That's my favorite country. <laughs> that's where I want to go and visit. Uh, Maria also said that you know when she cashed, and we had this story a lot. 
she asked, is this going to go in my Hendama? Right, and right. Then she actually, she cashed at Planet Hollywood the first time and they said, no, we don't report dailies. Right. And then when she <laughs> at the Aria, Aria said, yes, we do get a report dailies. And she told Eric Seidel, I'm going to have my first Hendamob score. That's a big deal. It's like that first dollar you make in the store. You know, you got to put it on the wall and frame it. Absolutely. I should mention at this point, too, that Hans Kleinsman, our good friend, is going to be listening to this, and he does not have a Hennema profile. Which that is makes two of us, Eric. Him. I don't have one either. Oh, I, don't play them. Wow. I, I play it like one or two tournaments a year, maybe. I'm a cash game guy, you know. So Yeah. You're also yeah. a mixed games guy, so it's not like there's mixed games festivals around the world, right? So yeah, when you go somewhere, you probably, you know, when you go to an EPT stop or something, you're probably having to play, you know, uh, you know, smaller no limit tournaments. So yeah, that's that's. That I also sense. stick to the cash games because that you know you can always just go whenever you need to go, and often I you know I, I'll still play those 10, 12 hour sessions, which are amazing. But if it's a tournament, and you're locked into it. It's a you yeah. know yeah, but you, you need to be places you need to be able to go. So that's you. Hans also has never cashed in a cash game. <laughs> that's really bad. Hi, Hans. We love you, Hans. Um, Hans the King. Uh, well, Eric, you know, I'm not only a poker podcast host, I'm also a fan. Uh, I, I enjoy First Flag. Um, hold on, let's see if I remember all the names. You have the GPI interview, you got Heads Up for Rolls, and um, the Poker Show, Rob. The Poker Show, of course, the Poker Show. So I enjoyed a lot of them. Um, you know, they're, they're really, really great, and they accompany me while I do my exercising. I'm wondering, though, so. You guys are getting busier. So live poker, you know, it's coming back. We got results. You know, there's a lot more of that work that wasn't there. That's why you started the podcast. So can we expect these podcasts to continue? How will you guys sort of handle the, uh, you know, the, the extra workload? Yeah, definitely will continue. I think one thing we'll have to realize. And so like first flag we've had every single week, we're up to 30 some weeks now in a row. And I do feel that it's because players are available right now. Uh, so I think that's going to change. I don't know if we'll be able to do one every week. Mm. Uh, you know, there might be times where you have four in a bank and other times where we'll struggle because everyone's traveling or yeah. you know, the person we want to talk to during the world <laughs> series. I think it might be a challenge. We might have to put some in the bank and, and, you know, spread them out. So I'm not going to commit that we're going to have podcasts every week. Cause I don't know if we can do it right. just because of the player's schedules. Um, but definitely I think the poker show, for example, uh, is something, you know, and Roland always says it, it's just three guys talking about poker. It's amazing. Right. It's fun to do. So that I think would be something, and especially if, as we get busier, right? A lot of golf. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of golf talk. Yeah. I had to tease you a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I think Anthony Charter is making more money betting on golf than he is at the GPI Enemob. So he, he can continue to talk about golf all he wants. You know, he's doing well for himself. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's a show that might be, uh, that might be, um, a fill-in. So if we don't have anything, then okay. we'll do a poker show because we do also talk about results. So you right. know, the more results that come in, you know, hopefully at some time, Robbie, during this year, maybe in the next seven years, we'll have a GPI POI to talk about again and nice. GPI races. So, you know, it's not going to be seven years for those listening. So right, right. Uh, <laughs> soon, you know, catch us soon with that stuff. But, you know, that stuff will be able to just, you know, have it's almost like we're creating our own stories, you know, when it comes to POI or players of the month, uh, stuff like that, that's easy for us to, to talk about and do. And again, we're talking about, you know, stats on Animob and GPI and, you know, we will never run out of those. So I think the poker show will become more of the flagship one. And then the others will try to, you know, fit in as, as best we can. Very cool. And I, ho I hope to continue listening to them. It's great stuff. Uh, of course, like I said, you guys, you got to go through all the dozens of episodes of the hard chat podcast first 
then right. tune in to the GPI podcast, a THM podcast network. Really, it's some great stuff. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, not just saying it, didn't just research it for the interview. I really am a genuine fan. It's good stuff. Thank you. We appreciate um, it. Well, you can't interview Eric Denis without talking at least a bit about the Global Poker Awards. So it's something you and your team, I know you think about it all year long, you prep for it months yeah. in advance. Awards night is, is obviously exceptionally special, but let's go beyond the fun of, of getting all dolled up and, you know, and handing out the trophies. At its core, Eric, why do you believe the existence of the GPA, the Global Poker Awards, is important? I think just the the fact of celebrating our game. I think it's the one night of the year that, you know, everyone comes together. Uh, everyone in poker is a competitor. So I think it adds to the, to the the narrative of what we do for all of us for a living in any category. Uh, you know, you know, Robbie, you have friends, but you're also competitors, right? What you do is something that someone else does. So, you know, and again, it doesn't mean that it has to be negative at all. Um, and it's also, you know, I always take pride and I've stolen this from, from Alex. Uh, we take pride in the fact that in a world where poker is usually played by people that are in t-shirts and shorts and flip-flops and disheveled hair because, you know, the tournament started at 10, thir- at 10, they thought it started at 11. Right. Um, you know, we get to brag that one night a year, we have the most beautiful people in our that, industry. There. That's and certainly true. It's true. And it's it's awesome to see everyone dressed up. Yeah. And it really is cool. And it also, I think, legitimizes the game. And, you know, funny yes. enough, we've had a lot of conversations recently. Uh, I won't tell you with who, but with, with people. And, um, you know, th- they talk about the awards. You know, they talk about the awards um, the same way they would talk about the World Series of Poker Main Event or a Poker wow. Go studio event because they do understand that it's important and it's it's also being discussed from from just stuff people i've talked to outside of poker because they're like well you know it doesn't matter what the what it is it's still a ceremony yeah Uh, you know when we were in la we used to be either the week before or after the oscars Mm -hmm. so there was that you know vibe in la that it was it was you know awards week or awards month because they had the golden globes before and right you know the the grammys and so you know it was cool to be part of that you know part of that as well and i think you know, having them in Vegas is just, Vegas is magic. Yeah, man. As much as I love Los Angeles, I was there for my birthday just a week ago and boy, I miss LA and I stayed at the Ondas just for good memories. Uh. And <laughs> I, I went to visit the room uh, just to show a case of my wife because she had not been there. Nice. And that room was probably the most glamorous room. You know, I don't know if you remember Robbie, but one side was downtown LA. The other side was the, the Hollywood Hills. It's beautiful. Like it's just, and the roof also. It's beautiful. And the roof. View from there. Yeah. It, it just makes pool, you feel... Right? It makes you feel like a special kind of person. So, right. yeah, I, and yeah, so I guess part of it is the glamour of it. It, it is nice. And I don't think we should be shocked that the mm. concept comes from Alex and Ophélie, two French people, and the French tend to do galas very, very well. So mm. you know, I'm just happy that I was able to take over from them in weird, in a weird situation when I was you know, battling my cancer and Alex was pregnant and Ophélie was no longer with the company. And that's where I have a lot of love for, for Roland uh, Boothby and Hans Kleinsman who came to LA, had no clue what they were about to get into. And <laughs> I just had them work. And, you know, I unfortunately could only work a few hours a day. I'd been operated on like Six, right. seven days before so you know they really carried the ball and didn't know what the hell they were doing and well, but it's just special a, moments from them it's a testament to you know that these aren't you know, when you get into this industry you don't just do it to, to get a paycheck this is something that you love right. something you're passionate about and you know obviously that's the type of people you guys all are uh, and it, it really because you have that shared passion 
there's that family feel of like, of course, we cover for each other and, and you know, we'll, we'll take this song. We love it. And uh, again, that stuff is apparent from you know, the work that you guys do and, and the appreciation you all, you know, hold in our hearts. And there's testimonials too. Nothing makes me feel better. You know, in poker, as you know, most of these people, most of the players, oh, I don't want this award, but there's two things from that. I think maybe it's more of an industry thing, but uh, if you ask Andrew Nimi, if you ask Brad Owen, if you ask uh, Tana, if you ask the, the Run Good Poker Series people, um, they've the winning awards have open opportunities for them. Mm. You know, Brad said that he could sell himself as a, a award-winning poker vlogger. That's pretty impressive. You know, yeah. And, Tana, the same thing. Suddenly casinos started calling that didn't call before. You know, that's that's really her amazing stories for them. And for those that receive trophies, and they're like, oh, whatever, I don't want a trophy. And it happens to when they win, right? They win in poker. They don't want the trophy. They want the money. And that's great. But I always tell people, don't forget that your aunt might be on Facebook and going, oh, my God, my my niece is a poker champion. You know, it could be an award from us. It could be a World Series bracelet. You know, and I think that sometimes... We might forget about that, that for people and for people, if you're from a hometown, a small hometown, that's cool to them that you're in the local paper saying, hey, that's my guy. I went to school with this guy. We used to be best buddies. We used to get drunk every weekend. He's a freaking global poker award winner. Like, yeah. That's amazing. That is so a huge thing. I agree with you. There's that side. So, and it's funny because a lot of players will say, you know, publicly, oh, I don't want the trophy, but it's funny, Robbie, everyone comes in and says, Hey, are you going to ship me my trophy? So, <laughs> yeah, see what happens. A lot of them is for the moms, right? The moms want to own the mantle. Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's important. A, it's, it's a beautiful a... piece of hardware. So it's yes. not like it's an ugly trophy. So, I concur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good yeah, stuff. You would know. Where's yours, by the way? It's in, it's right on my night. Oh, I know. I'm in my wife's office. It's on my nightstand, okay. right next to where I sleep. It's, I like it. Well, that's like one. It. I, you know, it's the charity initiative of the year, of the year. So that was a very special one. So. Is it true that you've angled it so the sun wakes you every morning? You don't. <laughs> it's the trophy that wakes you up every morning. The no, my actual sun wakes me in the morning. So oh, there you go. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you issued, um, you know, talk about Vegas, you know, uh, and, and having the awards there, you issued an unprecedented announcement um, sharing that the next three Global Poker Awards ceremonies, 2022, 23, 24, will take place from the Poker Go studio in Las Vegas. So first of all, congratulations. <laughs> Obviously, it's, uh, you know, lo locking in a contract like that, and it must just feel wonderful and take a lot of stress and, and like logistics and stuff off of your shoulders. Yeah, first off, I think a three-year contract in our in our industry is mm -hmm. a record. <laughs> it's rare that we see three-year contracts <laughs> in poker. So yeah. you know, we're happy just for that. But you know, there's a story where one year where you were at awards in LA, that award ceremony was put together seven weeks, eight weeks in advance. <gasps> and you can't do those things. It really and again, it was, you know battling cancer so it was just awful but you know it's just that you know, we didn't have our sponsor we didn't have right. a place to go and you know that's the assurance that we have now have from poker go and you know to sam simmons three three summers ago now that said uh, let's have lunch and he asked what do you want to talk about and i said what do you want to talk about and then we both said awards and i was like oh thank god so that was cool so we thought they'd want to do in la but you know obviously they have this beautiful studio right. they'd like to highlight so it's it's tremendous to have a partner like that robbie and to know that you know when i say that we work on the awards 12 months of the year it's true but this year it's even better for us because we can really work because there were some things i would refuse the staff to do because just in case there's no awards i don't want them to start 
spending their time looking hmm. for articles of the year or, or all of that stuff, you know, you know, it's, it's sort of a waste of time mm. Again, not, not in the end of sure. things, but sure. it is, they have other things to do this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. So right. you know, we have long lists for now, but, <laughs> and, but it's great. And to be at the poker go studio, I mean, the show on TV makes a big difference for us. It really, yes. you know, it, it's double what we ever, uh, ever anticipated and poker go have been great at making it available to everyone, not just subscribers. Yes. That might change yes. this year. I, I don't know. They, they haven't made the decision yet, but, okay. and if they change that good, for them and it's 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 up to them it's their product uh they're allowed to do what they want with it and i'm fine yeah. with it but it's been cool that the first two years have been you know open to everyone and everyone can see um, what it is yeah I, you know it's something we work every year to on the television product we know that it's not simple it's not the oscars it's not uh, there's no band there's no you know so we always work and pat mcmath and, and maurice gandani dan Gotti, and all those geniuses i'm sure uh, we'll come up with, you know, even more uh, to make it even a better television product. And my mission this year is to actually make it a better uh, product at the event because uh, in LA it was easier because it was just an event that was live streamed with one camera. We couldn't, you know, that wasn't my concern. My concern was the people in the, uh, in the, uh, in the hall. Uh-huh. And now my concern needs to be a bit more on the people in the studio. I want that experience to be right. really cool for them. So finding other things and, you know, finding a, a better level of volume because it's a little low, low in there. Uh, you know, stuff like that, just stuff we're working on to make sure that those coming uh, will want to <clears throat> will want to come again and will actually appreciate the. Uh, I think they do. I think everyone ex- you know, that comes and experiences the awards. I think it. it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, it's a lot I of fun. From one experience, and I hope to have more in the future as well. You bet. Uh, you got to stop having them on Friday nights, though. You can't do that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I let, I let poker go now. <laughs> um, Eric, so we've gotten to the what I think is I, you know, kind of the fun portion. We'll see if we can stump you. Did you know that you are not the only Eric Denis listed on the Hendon Mob? Not only do I know, but there is also someone on Poker Stars that won a Sunday Millions uh, that uh, had the name Eric Denis. And he said he had the name Eric Denis because of me. Because, <laughs> and this was a long time ago, but because of my voice, my voice. But here's the thing. It was irritating to him. So he decided oh, to pay his account oh, after gosh. mine. Hey, he won a Sunday millions. So funny, Robbie, I woke up the next morning and took t- tons of texts. Like, oh my God, you just won the Sunday millions? I'm like, right. no, 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 no. And I was like, no, I'm in America right now. I would not be able to win the Sunday millions in any way, shape or form. Okay. okay. Against the terms and conditions. Of course. And yes, there is an Eric Denis Montreal that plays at Playground uh, that has actually won at Playground. Uh, yeah, so ironically, uh, Denis, a very, very, um, you know, not a very popular name, uh, has uh, at least two of us on the hand of mob and the other guy doing much better than I am. So. Oh, so, okay. So you know my question. My question was, do oh. you know who has, you know, the, the higher uh, all-time oh, yeah. career earnings? No, no, the other Eric Denis is actually a solid, solid regular at Playground. He's a good player. So but you actually yes, know him. Close. Uh not personally, but I do okay. know him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Funny enough, at the uh the Malta event that you and I were at, so the yeah. THMC Malta, I met a Serge Denis, who was like top ten all time in Switzerland. Unbelievable. Yeah, we met up after that and a great, great person. So yeah. Very cool. Like, who knows what kind of doors uh, a last name can open? <laughs> Sometimes. There you go. There you go. Well, you do have two caches on your Hendon Mob profile, which is, again, two more than I have, Eric. Um, one in 2013, one in 2019, both at the WSOP. So we've talked, you know, for uh, quite a while about your love for poker. 
don't you want to play a little bit more often? Or is it because you're also a cash game player or you're just not cashing in, in the tournament? No, I, I think that I work so much in it that mm. I like to do something else. Uh, but I, I will. one thing I did say, um, one thing that I regret uh, is not playing at least a tournament uh you know, when I'm on the road and I, I, I mm. want to do that, the, the boys usually do. So like in Rajadov, you know, I showed up in my Robbie, I'm getting older. The jet lag is real. nowadays. <laughs> I used to be able to just, you know, run up to the Malta office. No problem. But going now I need a day. Hard. Going east, going is, east hard. is really hard. Yeah. yeah. Going west is fine. I, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. The, the, the worst thing about going west is I fall asleep at nine and wake up at five. That's fine. Right. That's, right. <laughs> that's fine. But going east, I, I will spend sometimes like in Rajadov. I went about three days without sleeping and I don't like to take supplement, you know, anything. You know, I, I'm not a big believer in that stuff. And I just fear that I start liking them and start popping, you know, popping the sleeping pills and stuff. So, you know, so I don't like taking those. So I do have something, uh, something called dream water uh, uh -huh. that a lot of athletes are using uh, very safe. And I used it when I went to Malta last time. It actually helped me out quite a bit. I was able to have a good first night's sleep. The rest of the time was still like three, four hours, but it's still better than, but, you know, that's something I want to commit to you when I do go to Rajadov, I do want to play and hopefully get a check flag. And I don't want to play for flags. You know, I'll be honest, when I play poker, it's I want it to be the same experience as my home games. Nice. I do not play for the for the competition. Couldn't care less. Okay. Uh, my tables when I played that Colossus event, my tables were spectacular. Oh, like just, so nice. You know, guys and girls just having a great time. And I really, really, really enjoyed that experience much better than the time before when I cashed, where I was at a table with Phil Helmuth for most of the time. And it's not because he's not lovely because he's actually, he was actually very enjoyable. We had a lot of laughs with him, but because I was so damn nervous that oh. Phil, Phil Helmuth was to my right and oh, you know, trying to get Joe hit on, you know, take a picture of me, please. I want that. And no one took a picture. So no one knew that. <laughs> But literally to Robbie, the table to my left, I could touch the man to my left was Phil Ivy. So oh my really, gosh. And I go, wow. why are you guys playing 1K tournaments? Get out of my tournament. You know, <laughs> you guys don't need to play 1K tournaments. So yeah, so I, I played four events at the World Series. Uh, huh? The first one, it might have been in 2004. Well, that's a 50% uh, cash rate. Like, I, yes, 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 50% at the World Series. Yeah. Wow. So what you're saying, Robbie, is if I play a full schedule this year, I will cash in 40 events. 44. At least, right. yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell my wife that we're mortgaging the house. Right, including the the ladies' event and the seniors' event. You know, so just make. <laughs> I'll, I'll get in those. Yeah, since <laughs> since we promote those on Andamov and there GTI. You go. Um, well, Eric, my last question for you before we move into the questions from our Cards Chat community: um, the Hand and Mob has all sorts of like rankings lists according to country, all time tournament wins. So one of the questions we love to ask here at the Cards Chat podcast is. Who is the friendliest player you've ever played with at the felt? But for you, we'll ask it a little differently. On the oh. GPI rankings of friendliest players, if there were to be such a thing, who would be sitting at the top in your mind? Joe would be at the top because he was actually really so nice to me when I the first that first time I played the World Series event way back when, which again, I think it was 2000. Oh, sorry, the second one. So the one I cashed in, okay. uh, I was playing with Helmuth, was Adam, is it Levy or Levi? I always forget. Adam, Adam Levy. Levy, or Levy. Levy, yeah. Adam Ruthless. Levy is always, right, Ruthless, you know. And from that, we forged a relationship. We don't, you know, we're not best friends or anything, but you'll remember that I think he was- He was on the, the jury my jury. year, right. Right. And then one year he did a conference for us and just because he was a great guy and he's always said yes to me, but he was 
what you want from a poker pro playing in a 1K, knowing that most of the field will be amateurs. He mm. was so nice. If someone made a mistake with chips, he would just say, oh, you're, you got 500 too many here. You, wow. know, you know, those guys, they can spot that in two seconds, yeah. whereas most of us wouldn't. So, you know, I remember that situation and one guy had busted in a terrible, terrible bad beat. And he was like, you know, just don't worry about it. You know, if you have a you know, hundred bucks, if you have 50 bucks, you know, find a daily deep stack, just, you know, find it somewhere, you know, planet might have one right now, Excalibur, just go have fun, you know, cause it was early in the day and that guy was crushed that he had lasted, you know, an hour in his WSOP experience. Oh, so gosh. he was wow. really cool. So I would put him in, in my in my top i won't do a number one right <laughs> in my top um cool. does it have to be professionals can kevin mathers uh come in there oh sure why not or did you ask did you ask professionals i can do professionals it might be easier because no, who's the friendliest player that's basically what we asked that's all, all right yeah, kevin math i think is just a cool love nice math. person uh from turning stone robbie yes hashtag turning stone that's where he got his start just like me uh-huh. uh, as you notice though there's no turning stone uh cash like, on my profile right right <laughs> that never happened there you go that never happened um uh-huh. who else oh i mean you know if we can go from someone that's recently passed away it's, mm-hmm. it's mike sexton mike sexton yeah, makes everyone feel you know just so so nice yeah he was he was fantastic you know yeah. the best there um i think maria ho who's just uh maria ho is what i guess same for mike but what we should as people in poker, if you had to create the perfect poker representative, the perfect mm. ambassador, it's Maria mm. uh, because she's always says yes. She's always willing to stick her neck out on the line for, you know, projects that aren't concrete, that aren't, right. you know, they don't have $50 billion behind them, but she's also fun and she'll take yeah. chances. She was on the amazing race. You know, she's just. And she was knowledgeable. on episode number 22 of the cards chat podcast. Right. Just going to put that out there. All right. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Bicknell and Ho are in front of me in your ranking. I see. All right, I get it, Robbie. Even Lon McCarran apparently was on before. Even you. Lon McCarran, he was oh, episode yeah. forty-two, I believe. Yes, second fiddle to Lon. All right, I get it. Um, so those, those three are my top. A Chrissy B, of course, she's just mm-hmm. so nice to me. You know, I'll give you a controversial one oh. because I think people might think he's very arrogant, and I know Doug Polk thinks he's arrogant, uh, but it's Bryn Kenny. Oh, interesting. Bryn Kenny okay. is actually, I think Bryn you Kenny. You played poker with Bryn Kenny? Uh, well, I didn't know if you meant played. I, I think I did actually in a charity event. How about definitely that? Played with the, definitely played with Maria, Chrissy for sure. Adam. Right. Yeah, definitely played with the others. But I do remember playing with Bryn, I believe. Maybe we were just trialing. It might have been when we were doing the GPI World Cup. We were trialing the event. It might have been that. But um, yeah, Bryn was so nice and so cool about everything. Um, so I would put Bryn in there just because, you know, just because I, I don't like know it. if he's the nicest guy in poker, but I, because he gets that bad rap, but I think he likes that rap. I think he likes being, you know, the lavish outspoken Bryn Kenny. I think he likes the character. I think well, as the number one all time on the, on the, on the money list, I think he could kind of do whatever he wants to do, but it's nice to see that he's, uh, one of the many great names that made, uh, that, that list of friendliest poker plays. I like it a lot, Eric. Good, good list there. Good list. <laughs> Um, now we turn the uh, next segment of our show. We turn to the Cards Chat community. You guys who are listening and watching to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. Of course, we have a dedicated thread on the Cards Chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, 
please be sure to send in your questions. Uh, today's questions come from two of our regulars, Crystals and Acid Burn FX. Uh, so thank you very much, guys, for sending these questions in. Uh, Crystals, we'll go with you guys with you first. Um, Eric, um, being Canadian myself and a fan of many of the same teams as you, how gutted were you at the performance of the Leafs and the Raptors this season? I'm sorry, I don't. I, I, that, those are out of my memory. Um, no, I mean, the, the, the Raptors, I think we were so spoiled with the Raptors winning the NBA championship a few years ago that, you know, I'm okay with the Raptors' performance. I think it's very difficult that the Raptors now for two years or one and a half years, uh, just like the Toronto Blue Jays right now, uh, aren't playing in their home stadium, mm -hmm. aren't living in their homes. You know, as much as, you know, we make the joke that you don't want to be in Toronto in the in the winter. Right. Um, you know, these people live in Toronto. So Correct. the fact that they had to, you know, to be placed in Tampa Bay, mm. it's not their homes. Uh, I don't know for a lot of those players, they weren't able to bring all their family. Some of the kids were registered in school. So the moms had to stay back. You know, mm. that's really difficult. So on the Raptors, those are hard seasons. Same with the Blue Jays. That's really, it's tough. Again, I understand that most players in the NBA, or I guess all players on the Raptors, most of them are American and you know, the crossing the border is a bitch, and sure, sure. it is tough for them. They've you know when they travel all night from from LA, and they have to be you know everything has to be searched and their passports yeah. and all that. That's got to be tough. But I think they might enjoy it a bit more now uh, that they get to be back in 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 Canada. I would assume mm -hmm. uh, for the next start of the next season. Right. The, the Leafs. It's funny, Rodby, because. You know, the, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, by the time this is out, might have eliminated my other team, the Vegas Golden Knights as well. So the, the problem isn't the Leafs. The problem is the opponent. So mm -hmm. being French Canadian, I should be a Montreal Canadiens fan. But I was always, um, I guess the good thing for me, I was always watching when I was younger, uh, English television, English speaking okay. television shows. And I think that's a blessing now uh -huh. in the sense that I don't, I don't have an accent. So that's right. really you know, important for that. Most of the people where I'm from have an accent when they speak right. in English. So that's a blessing. I do feel bad nowadays because I do think I do miss French television so much, French uh. television, uh, so much. And there's apparently a package at some point that I'll be able to get, but you know, my parents at home don't even know what uh, survivor is, you know, they just watch French Canadian wow. television because wow. there's so much content. So, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, that the fact that the Leafs, I've always the been Toronto right. <laughs> so, I, I've been abused already because the Leafs have lost. But as a Leafs fan, honestly, Robbie, you know, they've never won in my lifetime. Uh, you know, 1967 is the last time they won. I wasn't even close to being conceived by then. Oh, goodness. So, six minutes after the game was over, I was like, all right, well, it's over. Yeah. I don't dwell on it because you can't. You can't dwell on it. First of all, I'm in my 40s, so time to grow up. You know, you can't right. dwell on a on a sports <laughs> team like, boy. Sometimes you know that Mike Johnson in poker in Vancouver. You know the uh, the old host of the old uh, the old uh, you know the first or one of the first podcasts in poker. Yeah. He dwells on his Vancouver Canucks a lot. Like, mm -hmm. man, how can you live life that way? So, no, as a miserable Leaf fan, uh, it's sort of expected that they're not going to win. I actually had a lot of promise this year. I thought this could be a year that they could do something about things, uh, but they didn't. Uh, the only saving grace about all my sports teams, because I'm an Arsenal fan and they've been crap for years now, um, is that I am a Cleveland Browns fan. And although they have never won in my lifetime. Yeah. And yes, growing up, I was a Leafs and Browns fan. It was just the hor most horrible two teams that I could have picked. Yeah. 
But the Browns are looking up and things were great. And it was exciting to be a Browns fan last year. Still is. I still believe in Baker Mayfield. Sort of weird that the guy is my height. (laughs) He should be Tom Brady. You know, that should be a quarterback. But I love him. God love him. I love all that team. So there's a lot of excitement for the Browns. So I think it's, you know, quelling some of the crushing results from other teams. Okay. Uh, Back to poker questions from Crystals. Um, There's not as much big time poker in Canada, given the number of prominent players from the Great White North, do you see that changing in the next five to ten years? Yeah, it's um, it's been tough for Canada. And to be honest, if we would have held a, a GPR World Cup this year, uh, Canada wouldn't have qualified. And uh, yeah, it, it, you know, there's some there's so many um, problems when you're a Canadian poker player. Uh, the main one being when you come play in the states, you're taxed thirty percent. Huh? And that's the, you can recoup some of that money, but it's complicated. You know, it, you need a lawyer, you need someone to help that with that. So most of the players don't even bother. Um, yeah, I think that the golden age of poker players is, is dwindling, dwindling down. Wow. Um, I think they have other projects. I think a lot of them got into stuff, you know, they'll still play poker, but not as much as before. Right. Um, hopefully there's going to be, you know, a renaissance. I, you know, I think this recent push in poker in North America, yep. uh, I think went a long way uh, to help out. So hopefully a lot of them will um, come out of the woodwork, but yeah. It's, and, 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 and crystals is right. There is no other than playground and a few events in Calgary at, at the, um, uh, the Deerfoot. There aren't events in Canada. There aren't big events in Canada. That yeah. needs to change. Uh, Niagara Falls, I guess, as well, WPT. But yeah. there's so for few and far between where Playground has become the, the hub for all of Canada. Right. And when Playground has to close, or right now just has casino games and not poker, right. that puts a big dent on on our on our for roster. Sure. So, sure. so it's been tough for Canadian poker. Okay, fair. Um, who is also from – we have two more from Crystals, then we move on. Uh, who is the one poker player you would love to get one-on-one coaching from? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, we we, we ask great questions here in the community. Yeah, Crystals, that's a good one. Um, I remember I remember that Mike Leah owes me uh, seven-card stud sessions because <laughs> I ran their uh, – their fantasy, they did a fantasy poker at the WSOP with uh, ODB a few uh-huh. years ago. He's intriguing because I really like his mixed games play. Um, I just go with, um, you know, I go with, I go with Ivy just because of his mysteriousness. Mm-hmm. I'd like to learn about that. I just want to be cool. I'd like for him to teach me how to be cool. At the table. <laughs> I love it. That's great I'll answer. Take Phil Ivy. Great <laughs> answer. Can't go wrong. Take Phil. Yeah. And uh, finally from Crystals, who are some players on the GPI that are not currently household names that you've seen that we should watch out for? You know, I, I think in your community, that, see, that's tough because your community, the, the Cards Chat community is very up and up. Did they know these rising stars? Uh, I think of Nick Papillo just because of the fact that, but again, Nick Papillo is, is well known in for people that know their stuff. Sure. Uh, but, but I think he's one of the next rising stars in poker. Uh, Perhaps breakout player st- of the year or something like that. Yeah. Actually, he wouldn't be able to, he could have been that last time, but he didn't uh-huh. qualify because he's already, like, he, he ended up in the GPI top 10. So, sure. you know, he's, he's that type of guy, but that's one guy. Um, yeah. It's, it's been tough to, to recognize that, that talent in, since, since the pandemic started uh, just because, you know, we didn't have the results for it. Um, a French player that I love, and if you're if you're okay with subtitles, has one of the biggest YouTube channels in all of France, and that's uh, Johan Gilbert, Yov 
Yo Viral, Yo Viral uh, played a lot of the events uh, at Seminole. He played the High Rollers at Seminole and played the High Rollers at po the Poker Go Studio last week, right. so, or two weeks ago. So he's really making a push for High Roller events. But again, one of the biggest French YouTube channels, he's got this house in Malta, Robbie, where he's got like a spaceship style uh, chair that he uses with cool. screens all around. It's almost like an egg. Wow. An egg. It's just really cool. And he's got the, he, you know, Alex is jealous because Yogi <laughs> has the best house in, in Malta. It is like on the top and the view is insane. So, so, you know, he is, you know, he's intriguing. He's cool. Uh, but you know, very fashionable and also like likes to show the lifestyle. And that mm -hmm. to me is cool. It's cool as well that he's not only successful, but he's willing to, you know, take people into, you know, the lifestyle that he enjoys and shows the best of Malta, the best of France and the best of Vegas huh. as he was here. So that's another one that I do. Uh, and again, what's the name one more time? Uh, Johan. Yeah, Johan Gilbert, Gilbert, but not pronounced Gilbert. Gilbert, Gilbert. Okay. yeah, Gilbert. There's a U in there. Okay. G U I. So, okay, yeah, cool. definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of French players actually that are are on the rise. I think with the resurgence of French poker, with the Paris uh, casinos, you know, Paris poker rooms back up. Yeah, uh, there's been a big resurgence. A lot of younger French players, I think, are going to be taking uh, taking over uh, in the next few years for sure. Interesting. Trey Bon. Yes, <laughs> that's the extent of my French. Um, yeah. That and and Dani, I can I can right, pronounce right, right. Uh, uh, sort of French. Yeah. There you go. Uh, last two questions here from Acid Burn FX. Thank you so much for sending these in, um, Eric. Which act this is a little bit generic. Which activities make you lose track of time? Uh, working in poker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Searching for searching for results, searching for schedules. Sometimes you'll look at the clock and you're like, oh man, I've spent way too much time, you know, trying to find something. Sometimes I obsess because I'm like, this has to be available somewhere. This can't be true that no one can find this result. And I'll just, you know, get to get involved. And to be fair, just for everyone listening, I do that after the what I do for a living. So right. <laughs> <laughs> I take care of the numbers. It's not like I'm telling Robbie I'll be with you in three hours for this interview because I'm searching a New Zealand. Uh, you know, poker tour event. Um, yeah, a lot of that. Um, sometimes I get stuck in the YouTube, you know, rabbit hole. Uh, uh, it's usually like music videos. And I'm like, oh yeah, Brian Adams. I want to listen to, to this right. song. And then, you know, they have the suggested and then you're yes. stuck oh, in Oh, they're so Brian good. Adams. It's like they know me. <laughs> they know, yeah. Yes. And then like they'll show like a, a Canadian band that you might not know, 5440, which is sort of like Brian Adams, a bit more rocky. And I was like, yes, of course, I'll click that. And the right. tragically hip, like, yes, of course, I'll be <laughs> stuck in a Canadian legends loophole. So fair. That's I guess fair. that, that'll okay. work. <laughs> and our final question for you, Eric, uh, from again, Acid Burn FX. If your life was a novel, what would be the title? And how would you want your story to end? Hmm. Great question. Thank you, Acid Burnett. I think the title would be, I'll pick one person because it would be a group of people, but probably like, I did it, Uncle Jack. And Uncle Jack was the man that, uh, you know, recently had a heart attack. And uh, I think his dream has always been to come to Vegas, you know, hmm. uh, you know, probably won't be able to, to do that. But, you know, I have, uncles, my grandfather uh, and my dad, uh, you know, a lot of them not with me anymore. Uh, but, you know, for them, and I think a lot of French Canadians, it could be the Celine influence when Celine got to Vegas, 
you know, French Canadians, we wanted to to come to Vegas and Vegas was a dream. So I think it'd be like, you know, I made it, I I made it to Vegas, you know, and and, uh, that's, that's, that's special to me. And, you know, I got married in Vegas and my parents were able to be there. So it's like Vegas has become very special. That's where I met my, my stepkids, you know, and, you know, Vegas has become so special to me that I think the people back home and even my friends are a little jealousy in there that I get to live in such a, an amazing city and how, how it would end would be, um, I hope, and, and this is probably sad, but even though I'm retired, I hope to be working until, you know, or at least have my brain working. Mm. So even if I'm not working, I hope I still get the, the, the next person that's running the GPI and NMOB will still allow me to enter results when I'm seven. I like that. Uh, just make sure he's checking that I'm, I'm putting in the right info. Uh, right. But yeah, I'll just pad a wrong. few more Eric Denis results in there. Gotta, right. You know, yeah, exactly. I'll give it to the other Eric, Eric exactly. Denis. Because <laughs> uh, I'll be old and I'll make the mistake. Right. But yeah, I think I wanted to end like, you know, and I don't want it to sound like I just want to work because I don't. Uh, I'd be fine with retiring tomorrow. I'd find something else to do, though. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I think the ideal of sitting on the beach, you know, relaxing is great. But after two days, I'd probably be like, All right, yeah. what what to do? So, yeah, I really hope to. I hope that my brain never stops. That's working. beautiful. It's probably my, my best I love hope. It. And of course, I hope to die old with my wife. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a- so the so the kids can take care of us and know how terrible it is the way we're taking <laughs> care of them and right <laughs> definitely a, a great way to to end the show. Thank you so much to our loyal listeners who sent in questions for Eric Danine. Again, a friendly reminder to all of you out there in the Cards Chat community. We'd love for you to submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you liked the show. Any uh, Anything else, Eric, before we let you go? Yes, I forgot. My actually number one favorite person I've played poker with because I've oh. played multiple uh, cherry tournaments at her table is Lacey Jones, one of the nicest persons ah. on earth. Yeah, Lacey, we always talk about animals and, and life as, as vegetarians and such. So definitely Lacey Jones, number one. Good stuff. Good to get that last shout out and shout yeah. out to Lacey Jones. Um, again, thank you so much to Eric Denis. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of Cards Chat. I'm Rami Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.